Hello there, and thank you so much for joining me today. I am Nia Shanks, the author of Lift Like a Girl, and today we're going to do something a little different. This is not an article on my website, but rather I'm going to be sharing with you part of a presentation I gave recently at Jordan Syatt's and Susan Niebergall's Inner Circle Retreat in Austin, Texas. And in this presentation, I discussed, you know, asked the question, why barbell exercises? And then gave some important information that people need to know about them. And because people seem to receive that presentation really well with enthusiasm, I wanted to share it with you here today. So that is what we're going to discuss. And I'll also be telling you where you can find some additional resources to really help you understand this information and put it into practice on your own. So the first thing I want to ask is why barbell exercises? One reason was because I was able to demonstrate some things for people there with a barbell. Other than that, it is a complete personal bias because I just love barbell exercises. They're some of my favorite lifts. So, you know, why not talk about something I love doing and something I love teaching other people to do? Other than that, however, barbell exercises are great because they're efficient and they're incredibly versatile. For whatever goal you may have, you can use barbell exercises, whether you just want to build maximum strength or you're just interested in building muscle, or if you just want a combination of these things, you want to be stronger, you want to improve body composition, you want to improve health outcomes, you want to get rid of some nagging aches and pains that you've had, you want to be able to play with your children without getting exhausted, you want to complement your hobbies and other physical activities you do. You just want to do an activity of self-care that makes you feel great and makes you feel great about yourself. Barbell exercises can help you achieve all of those things. And they're also great for a home gym simply because it's one piece of equipment that doesn't take up much space. It is incredibly versatile. And if you have a good barbell, it can last you a lifetime. So those are some benefits to barbell exercises. The other great benefit to training with a barbell is barbell exercises are scalable to all experience levels from a complete beginner, even through your entire training career. It is a great tool because you can start with an empty barbell if you need to, and then you can, of course, add weight over the years or perform more reps or any combination of things. That said, there is a useful accessory I recommend that people invest in, and that is fractional plates. Most gyms have weight increments of, you know, you have 45 pound plates, then 35 pound, 25 pound, 10, five, and then two and a half pound plates are the smallest plates most commercial gyms have, meaning the smallest weight increase you can add to a barbell is a total of five pounds. Now, fractional plates are incredibly useful simply because that five pound jump can be too much for some people. This is especially true for petite women or maybe a much older trainee, somebody in their 60s or 70s, and they just don't want to make these big five-pound jumps. So let's, let's give an example of this. We'll say a woman performed the standing barbell press last week. She did a set of seven reps with an empty barbell, and an empty Olympic standard barbell weighs 45 pounds usually. So let's say last week she did seven reps with 45 pounds. And this week, she's determined to improve her performance, and she wants to increase the weight. So she makes the smallest weight increase that her gym allows, that five pounds. So she goes from 45 pounds to 50 pounds. 
And she performs that set with 50 pounds, expecting to get, you know, six or seven reps. But she may only be able to grind out three or four reps with that 50 pounds. So then she racks the bar and she may be frustrated thinking, what the heck? You know, last week I pressed 45 pounds for seven reps. I only added five pounds to the bar and I could barely eke out three to four reps. What the hell? It was only five pounds. But really that just five pounds was actually greater than a 10% weight increase. And when you look at it that way, it makes much more sense. That's why it was so challenging because it was a substantial increase in weight. Now, using fractional plates, she could have made a much more manageable weight jump from 45 pounds to maybe 47 pounds. This two to 3% weight increase would be way more manageable. And that is the great thing about using fractional plates. Many of the sets allow you to add just half a pound to the bar or one or two pounds. So I really recommend that people invest in fractional plates, or you can even make your own with washers that you buy at a hardware store. They're not going to be as precise with the weight, obviously, but you can still use them in a pinch to give you a much more manageable weight increase on the bar. So if you have found that some of your lifts, especially the lifts that can't handle as much weight, like a standing barbell press or a bench press or even a barbell row, you typically can't lift as much weight with those those lifts compared to something like a deadlift or a squat where you can generally move more weight. So if you've found that your lifts are stalling or those five pound jumps just feel really challenging, consider getting some fractional plates. They can be tremendously helpful. The other thing I truly love about barbell exercises and the best thing about them, I would say, is that they are so empowering. They are a, barbell exercises are phenomenal for discovering what your body can do. And this is something that is especially especially beneficial for women because let's face it why do most women start working out why do most women get into fitness it's usually because we want to lose weight we want to see a smaller number on the bathroom scale we want to fit into smaller clothes we want to shrink we want to improve how we look we want to fix flaws and you know even though it's 2019 it's still really difficult to not feel like how we look is the absolute most important thing about us and we carry that attitude into our workouts and so that is why so many women start working out and probably why so many women continue to work out they're just focused on fixing their body fixing flaws but with barbell exercises you can change your focus You can choose to forget for a while, at least, about making the number on the scale go down and focus on making the weight on the barbell go up. And this is an incredibly empowering and enjoyable mindset and focus to have. And it gives your workouts a greater purpose, I would even say. And for somebody who has been in a fat loss rut for months or years, you know, that's all they're chasing is fat loss, weight loss, looking better. This change of purpose and focus with your workouts can have a tremendous effect on your mental state, but also your enjoyment when it comes to working out. So a tremendous thing that you can do here to put this empowering focus to work for you is with barbell exercises or any truly any 
equipment you use, whether you prefer dumbbells or body weight exercises or machines, any combination of these things, set performance focused goals. So a great example, something I'll do with a lot of my female clients who are just starting to strength train for the first time, we may have a common goal of performing a body weight deadlift for six reps. Now, some women, depending on their exposure to strength training and what they think about their own physical abilities, they may be a bit intimidated by that and say, what? You want me to deadlift my body weight six times? That's crazy. But with a proper program, they can train to that point and they they get to the point where they deadlift their body weight. They do that set for six reps and instantly when they're done with that set, they let go of the bar. They stand up and they go, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could be this strong. I didn't know I could do this. And then what question are they left asking next? What else can I do? And that is the tremendous thing about having these performance-focused goals. You get to discover what your body is capable of doing. You get to most likely shatter any self-imposed limitations you may have. And then, of course, you're going to want to ask, what else am I capable of doing? And keep in mind, there's no, there's no limitation to the performance-focused goals you can set. Maybe you're interested in seeing how much you can squat for a single or how much you can deadlift for a heavy single. Or maybe you're not interested in pulling weights for a heavy single. Maybe you want to see how much weight you can squat for 10 reps or you want to work up to bench pressing 50% of your body weight for 10 reps. It doesn't matter. You can choose any combination of goals, whether it's a lifting the most weight for a single or for reps or anything. It doesn't matter. The, the point here is simply to set these performance-focused goals so you can discover what your body can do, so you can appreciate it on a new level. And then, of course, you can be asking and wondering, what else am I capable of doing? Now, we also have to ask the question, are barbell exercises best or better than something else? And the real question is actually better or best for what? Because context matters greatly. Now, if we're asking are barbell exercises best for preparing for a barbell sport like powerlifting, then yes, we can pretty confidently say that barbell exercises will help you best prepare for that activity because strength is specific. It is a skill that needs to be developed and the best way to develop it is to practice for the test you'll be taking. But we also have to keep in mind access. What if somebody doesn't have access to a barbell? Or like today, many many gyms, more and more gyms it seems, are either getting rid of barbells altogether or they may have one power rack and one barbell and maybe it's always occupied and somebody doesn't want to wait around waiting for somebody to get through so they can use the equipment. So if somebody just doesn't have access to a barbell and all they hear is how barbell exercises are better and best than everything else, they may feel discouraged and say, well, why do anything if I can't do what's best? And that's just simply not true. Desired outcomes. That is a crucial thing to consider. What is it somebody is trying to achieve? If somebody's just interested in improving body composition and building some muscle, getting stronger, feeling great, Barbell exercises can certainly be part of that goal, but they are not better than anything else. 
in that regard. It's really about what is it we're trying to achieve? What is the specific desired outcome? So keep that in mind as well. Now, the other thing is enjoyment. And to bring this point home, I'm going to share a statistic with you. It is estimated that currently only 23% of U.S. adults get the recommended amount of weekly exercise. That's 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise and two weekly strength training workouts. Less than a quarter of the population is hitting those minimum standards. So if most people are not currently moving their bodies frequently, one reason could be because people haven't found what they enjoy doing. So if somebody, if I tell a person, hey, I would like to teach you the barbell lifts, and they look at me and say, I don't want to do that. I have no desire to do that. I don't want a barbell on my back. I don't want a barbell in my hands. I will not enjoy it. Well, then I'm not going to make them do that because if somebody does something and they end up enjoying it, they're obviously going to be more likely to continue doing it. And that is what I want for people is to find what they enjoy doing so they don't just work out today and this week and this month, but next year and the year after. Health and fitness is about finding a sustainable and enjoyable lifestyle for you. So if you don't enjoy barbell exercises, you absolutely do not have to do them. Find what you enjoy doing. And this, this can change at any point. You know, right now, somebody may say they have no desire to do barbell exercises. But next year, they may get into it and really want to see how much weight they can lift for a few barbell exercises. So enjoyment is crucial. And, and just to make sure it's clear, I'm not saying you're going to enjoy every single workout you do forever. That's, that's definitely not going to happen. But the underlying theme, for the most part, should be enjoyment, at least most of the time. Another important point is that there are no mandatory exercises for everyone. And I kind of think we've already touched on this point, but not everybody has to squat or deadlift or bench press with a barbell, nor do any other specific exercise. There are no mandatory exercises that everyone must perform. An important point as well regarding execution of barbell exer exercises. The execution will look different among various body types. So what does that mean? Let's take the example of myself. I'm five foot six and my body structure, I have a shorter torso and longer legs. Now let's say I was to perform a back squat and a person who has the opposite body type of me, let's say a woman is also five foot six, but she has a longer torso and shorter legs. Now let's say we both perform a back squat side by side and you're watching it and we execute the same cues, so we're doing the movement the same way. However, it will visually look different compared between us because when I squat, because I have a shorter torso and long femurs, any squat I do, my torso is leaned forward much more. Now, the woman who had the long torso and short legs, her torso is going to appear much more upright than me. That's simply because of our torso lengths, our limb lengths. It affects how things look because we're not all built the same. And so even though we may apply the same cues, making sure the barbell travels in a vertical line over our mid feet and all of those things, it's still going to look different. Now, this is important to understand 
Because if you're learning how to do this, these, an exercise for the first time, or perhaps you're looking to refine and improve your technique, if you were to watch some of my exercise demonstration videos, for example, and you see how I look when I perform a squat, you may not look the same way because you may have a different body type and you might end up thinking, why doesn't my squat look like her squat? And it could simply be because we have different body types. Or likewise, some people may learn how to squat from somebody, let's say with a long torso and short legs. And so it doesn't matter what squat they do. They look really, their torso looks to be very upright. And then you watch my video because this has happened. And I've had people yell at me and say, you don't know how to squat. You're leaning too far forward. (laughs) And I don't have a choice. My femurs are long. I get shoved forward. It's just how my squat looks. So if you've ever felt some frustration with any of your exercises because you don't feel like they look the way they should, just make sure you're executing the proper cues to perform that movement efficiently, but understand it may visually look different than how somebody else performs that movement. No barbell exercise is inherently dangerous. Now, what we can say is that there may be better exercises for certain people at certain times. For example, a brand new lifter, somebody who is just now getting into strength training for the first time. That person may not be comfortable or confident to start with a barbell. And this is one reason why in the book, Lift Like a Girl, most of the exercises use dumbbells, Simply because over the years, I've discovered that a lot of women are way more confident starting with dumbbells than a barbell exercise. And so it's a great way to get them involved in strength training so they're comfortable and confident and they can continue to build that confidence. They can get stronger. And then that's a great way to say, hey, look at what you've already done. Look at how much stronger you've gotten. And they feel great about themselves. They see what they can accomplish. They see that they can learn these movements. And then from that point, I can introduce them to the barbell lifts because they already have this confidence in their abilities. And somebody who's also an older trainee, somebody who's 70 years old, just getting involved in strength training, they may need to start with something like a goblet squat with a dumbbell instead of something like a barbell back squat. Another example, somebody could be coming back from an injury And they may need to start with a different exercise. Maybe they need to start with a leg press or or something of that matter. So there is no, quote, dangerous exercise. You can say this is dangerous for every person at every point. You just can't say that. Again, context matters. And there might be better exercises for certain people at certain times. That said, if I can say that no exercise is inherently dangerous, why might somebody experience pain or get injured? And I want to stress that this gets really messy, okay? There's no simple answer here for the most part. But one one common reason somebody could experience pain or possibly get an injury is simply from inappropriate programming. Some people might simply do way too much way too soon. So if you have somebody that has either gone from not doing physical activity ever or maybe they just haven't worked out consistently in a year or more, And they decide, hey, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to make really quick progress to feel great about myself. And then they start performing a workout program with high volume, meaning they do a lot of sets for a lot of exercises from the get-go. Then that really high volume training might simply be too much for them to recover from at that moment to where they might develop some, some kind of lingering pain or possibly some type of an injury. 
So a much more intelligent approach in this case would be to start out with just a couple sets for each exercise, you know, two or three sets for each exercise. And then over the course of weeks, gradually increase that training volume, slowly increase the amount of sets you perform for each exercise. This way your body has time to adjust and adapt and recover to the stimulus rather than just throwing a ton of it all at once and it not being able to recover from that. So simply inappropriate programming might be why some people experience pain. Another reason could be force feeding an exercise variation. An example of this, let's say somebody goes to the gym today and they start their workout with the sumo deadlift. And let's say with their first warm-up set, they feel some kind of a twinge in their left glute. Just something doesn't feel right. They decide they're going to ignore it and continue on with the workout. So they put more weight on the bar. But with each warm-up set, that kind of twinge in their glute just seems to be getting worse. And if this person was to say, screw it, I'm going to train through the pain, and they go on and do the workout as they planned, and they have that pain, and they just try to ignore it, and it just gets worse, then yeah, that might give them some type of lingering pain that they're going to be stuck with dealing with for a few weeks. Now, a much better approach in this regard would be to acknowledge what your body is telling you. If you're feeling a pain in your glute when you're sumo deadlifting and it it doesn't dissipate with some extra very light warm-up sets, as sometimes these things do, sometimes you just need some very light extra movement to help that kind of issue dissipate. Sometimes that works, but if it doesn't, let's say that person, they noticed it just kept getting worse or it didn't go away. Instead of forcing themselves to do the sumo deadlift, they could ask, well, let me see what else I can do today without feeling any discomfort or pain. So this trainee could switch to the conventional deadlift that day. And let's say they try a warm-up set with the conventional deadlift. And hey, that glute pain isn't there. They don't feel anything. So that day they might continue or they might perform the conventional deadlift instead of the sumo deadlift. So the following week, they might be able to return, or whenever they repeat that workout, they might be able to return to the sumo deadlift. Or, you know, if they've been training the sumo deadlift for for months straight, they might just be a bit sensitive to that movement, and they might need to stick with the conventional deadlift for a few weeks and then reintroduce the sumo deadlift after that. So if, if a certain exercise or variation is just giving you pain or discomfort that doesn't dissipate, with some extra warm-up sets, then that day, perhaps try switching to a different variation that you can do without pain or discomfort. Now, another reason somebody could experience an injury is they could have something like a tendinopathy, in which case they need to seek, they should seek the help of a physical therapist or somebody that uses science-based pain treatment That could be important because they might need individualized programming to help them recover from that issue. Other things experience pain like life and work stress, lack of sleep. I mean, pain is incredibly, incredibly complex. So I don't want it to sound like I'm simplifying somebody's pain experience by saying, hey, it's just your programming or you're just force feeding an exercise. If somebody has been dealing with pain for weeks or months, then it could be extremely beneficial to find somebody that is an evidence-based pain <laughs> pain specialist. There's no real great way to say that. Um, there, there are some tremendous resources like Barbell Medicine has put out some really good information about this. 
the modern pain center also has great information, but if somebody has been struggling with pain, keep in mind it is complex and you might want to seek the help of a specialist in, in getting past that issue. Now, I asked this question at the seminar, if anybody has ever been intimidated to deadlift, whether they, before they started strength training or maybe even now, if they have some intimidation around that exercise. And a lot of people said, yes, they either have been or currently are intimidated to deadlift. And it is easy to understand why. If you think about the plethora of YouTube videos that you can watch of people doing these super heavy deadlifts, I mean, it takes them... 20 seconds to grind this weight off the floor and their face is turning purple and they have just this level of exertion on their face. I mean, you think they're on the verge of defecating a kidney at any freaking moment. So yeah, it's easy to understand why somebody might be intimidated to deadlift. Not just that, but of course there's the language around deadlifting or working out in general. I mean, people will say things like, Be careful how you deadlift because you don't want to blow out your back. And this is a mistake that I have made in the past. I would tell people, hey, I'm going to teach you how to deadlift safely today so you don't get injured because, you know, I don't want you to blow out your back. And it doesn't sound like there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting you to perform your exercises safely so you don't get hurt. But I've learned much more recently the impact of language. Language matters tremendously. And so that is why when I teach somebody to deadlift for the first time or we're refining their technique, it's not about safety. It's about efficiency and strength. So if I was going to teach somebody how to deadlift for the first time, I'm going to say, hey, we're going to learn how to do this exercise efficiently so you can perform this movement with confidence that really sets a much more empowering and enjoyable tone around the exercise because you're not looking at it with this this fear of, oh my gosh, I must do this absolutely perfectly. I better not deviate from correct technique or I might get hurt. I might blow out my back. That's just not the case. So with any exercise you do, that's the mindset I would encourage you to have is think about how can you perform this movement perhaps more efficiently so you can be stronger and use more weight or just lift with more confidence. And that is the important thing here is perform exercises with confidence. You need to know that your body is strong, it is resilient, and it is adaptable. Now, this isn't to say, hey, how you pick up the bar doesn't matter. You know, just go grab it and get it off the ground. I'm not saying that. You should still apply certain cues depending on the exercise you are performing. But still lift that thing with confidence. Know that you are strong. Know that you are resilient. Know that you are adaptable. And specifically when it comes to the deadlift, you can start or at any point use your preferred variation. Somebody who might be intimidated to deadlift, whether they've never done it before or perhaps they have experienced some type of pain or injury in the past with the deadlift, if they're intimidated to use a regular barbell, for example, they may prefer to start deadlifting with a kettlebell. So the kettlebell deadlift may be what they use at first or for a while to simply get them performing the deadlift movement. So they build confidence in themselves that, Hey, I can do this movement without any issues. And that helps them build that confidence. So perhaps soon after they can transition to deadlifting with a barbell. Now this 
deadlift intimidation applies to any exercise as well. Somebody may have intimidation to perform a barbell squat or a barbell bench press, whatever it may be. Another useful tip to get past that intimidation could be something as simple as starting with light weights and low volume and then gradually building up from there. There's nothing wrong with using light weights that you know you can dominate and and lift with absolute confidence and something even like just performing a couple sets of that exercise to give yourself the confidence in the movement. Um, Something I had to do before once I, I was getting over some pain that I had experienced I reintroduced deadlifting into my programming with a very lightweight and just like I did three sets of five reps with the deadlift and I started out with 135 pounds. That was very, very light for me. But what I did, I did three sets of five reps with 135 pounds. It was light and that was the point. It was to reestablish confidence in my body and my abilities and say, hey, I can do this movement. There's no issues. There's no pain. I'm fine. And then a couple days later, I did it again, but only added five pounds to the bar. Because again, going from 135 to 140 was still incredibly, incredibly light for me. But it was a bit more weight. And by doing that three times a week, it was giving me frequent exposure to that movement that was continuing to build my confidence. Now keep in mind, I was doing that three times a week, adding five pounds at a time for a while, but that frequency... And that the weight I used was very manageable. It was very light. So that's why I started in that manner to just get exposed to it, to use very light weights, to slowly add weight, to just continue to reinforce my belief in my abilities and to build confidence. And then from then I adjusted programming and all of that. So keep in mind, there's nothing wrong with starting with light weights you can dominate to reassure yourself that you are capable of doing this movement Also, be sure to use appropriate cues for you. No exercise cue will work for everyone. Now, an example here would be with the deadlift. Let's say somebody grabs the bar and they're ready to deadlift, but they're they're hunched over pretty bad. Their back is, is just really rounded. Now, I want somebody to strive to have their back set in a neutral position before they pull the bar off the ground. So this person who tends to round over, the cue they might need in this instance is to stick their chest out. So if I tell that person, hey, stick your chest out, that might be the cue they need to get their back set in that neutral position. Now, let's say another trainee, they already have that cue in their mind to stick their chest out. So when they go to grab the bar and they're ready to pull it off the ground, their back might actually be hyperextended. So they're not in the neutral position either. They're hyperextended. There's a, there's a curve all the way in their back. So this person, that chest out cue isn't helping them because they just, they're overarched. So this person might benefit from the cue, you know, brace your abs. So if that person thinks brace their abs, that might help them go from being hyperextended or overextended to that neutral position. So if, if you've ever felt like you're having trouble learning an exercise or executing it correctly, It could be simply because you haven't found the cue or the cues that are appropriate for you. So maybe you need to experiment with that and see what would be best. Something else I really like to tell people to do to help them get past intimidation with an exercise is to think about finishing strong. Finish the set strong. And a great, great technique here for this is to use reps in reserve or what people like to think of as leaving a few reps in the tank. So an example of this could be 
me telling somebody, hey, work up to a challenging set of deadlifts for five reps, but leave three reps in reserve. That would mean they would use a weight that they could deadlift for eight reps, but they would perform five reps with that weight. So they had that three reps in reserve. So what would they do here? That means after that fifth rep, they drop the bar and they go, man, yeah, I finished that set strong. It was a challenging weight, but I could have done three more reps. So by keeping some reps in reserve, again, it helps just increase your confidence in your abilities. So that's something that you might want to consider using with deadlifts, squats, whatever. Finally, the other important thing is to listen to your body. Let's say you start your workout today, you're going to deadlift, and man, the weight just feels heavier than usual. I mean, your warm-up sets feel heavier than they felt last week. So how should you respond in this case? Well, some people like to listen to their ego and say, well, screw it. I'm going to do better than I did last week. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do better. I'm going to improve my performance. And they may go on to grind out the weights and and technically do better than last week, but at what cost? It's really important that you keep your ego out of your workout decisions. And, And I think part of the reason that some people respond this way is because like what I like to tell people or a guideline I give most people is, you know, strive to improve your performance each workout if you can, or each week if you can. But you really don't, it's, it's not about improving your performance every workout or even every week. It's more accurate to say, strive to improve your performance gradually over time because you're not going to have a phenomenal workout every time you go into the gym. So if you have it in your head that you have to improve your performance every workout or even every week, that can be what leads some people to push through these workouts where the weights just feel heavy. Or they might say, hey, the weights feel heavy today. I'll back off and do what I can. And then they may think that they failed because they didn't improve their performance. And that's just not the case. So keep in mind, it's it's about improving your performance over time, not just every workout or even every week. It's okay to listen to your body and you should adjust as needed. If the weights feel heavier today, do what you can. It's You don't have to force yourself to add more weight to the bar to squeeze out an extra rep. We can't always improve our performance every single time. So keep your ego out of the decisions. And if you have a crappy workout or you just can't do as well as you wanted, it's all right. Don't get emotional about it. It's just one workout. And keep in mind that strength training and fitness in general should be something we do for the rest of our lives. And you're going to have plenty of workouts that just don't go the way you want. So it's best to get used to that fact now and just say, hey, this is just part of the process. I'm not going to improve my performance every workout. I'm going to do what I can today. That said, you know, as long as your trend, your trend over time is you have improved your performance, you are getting better, that's what matters. Now, if you notice that, you know, several weeks go by and your performance has stagnated or decreased, then you know you need to adjust your programming. But listen to your body. If the weights feel heavier than usual, do what you can that day. Respond the best you can on any given day. So after this point, I went on to demonstrate some common deadlift mistakes that people make. And if you go to neashanks.com forward slash start, if you scroll down there, you can see all of these resources where I show you, I give videos how to deadlift and I explain common mistakes that people make and how to correct them in those videos. I strongly encourage you to go there because this is best explained through visual demonstrations. 
But some common mistakes that people make with deadlifting, I mean, the first one starts with the setup. And that's simply because most, not most, excuse me, sometimes people will simply have the bar too forward. They'll have the bar set up over their toes or over the balls of their feet. And this is actually the incorrect setup. You want the bar set over the arches of your feet, the middle of your feet for the deadlift, for all deadlift variations. And then you want the barbell to travel in a vertical line because a vertical line is the most efficient path for the deadlift. And so you want to make sure it's set up over the middle of your feet. And then as you perform the exercise, it travels up in that vertical line and then it travels down in that vertical line. So be sure to go to neashanks.com forward slash start. And if you scroll down, you'll see the resource that shows you how to deadlift and you can get all of this information there. And then of course, there's also information on how to perform the barbell row and then also the standing barbell press. So be sure to check out those resources there so you can see exactly how to correctly do those things. And then this presentation concluded with some rapid fire tips. And these are really important things I think that might help you out as well. You need to understand that injuries, aches, and things like time constraints will happen. And when they do, you need to focus on what you can do, not what you can't. So even if you, you know, say you broke your ankle today, that would really suck. And yes, it would affect your workouts. You wouldn't be able to do certain exercises you're used to doing. And you could get really upset about it and discouraged, or you could choose to focus on the endless list of exercises you still can do. I mean, yeah, you may have to use more machines than you're accustomed to, but there's still a lot you can do. And hell, you can even look at it as an opportunity. Say, well, I can't squat or deadlift right now with this broken ankle, but you know, maybe I can really focus on improving with some upper body lifts that I might have neglected otherwise. You can choose to make this an opportunity. So even with injuries or aches or whatever limitations, equipment limitations even, there's always stuff you still can do. Focus on doing the best with what you can. Same thing with time constraints. Maybe you're having a time in your life where work is just super busy or your kids have a lot of activities and perhaps you're accustomed to being able to work out for 60 minutes each time you go to the gym. Maybe that gets slashed to 30 instead of being discouraged. Say, hey, I have 30 minutes. I'm going to make the most of this time because you can still make great progress as long as you set up your workouts correctly. Always, always, always make the most of what you can do rather than getting discouraged or upset with the things you can't. Move at your own pace. This is a lifelong journey. This is your journey. Don't compare where you are at now with somebody else's journey. Maybe they're 10 years in and you just got started. Or, you know, don't compare where you're at now to perhaps where you were 10 or 20 years ago. Focus on where you were at now and then move forward at your own pace. This is your journey. Don't compare it to somebody else's. Know that your goals and your preferences can and may change over time. That's perfectly fine. The reasons you are working out now may not be the reasons you want to continue working out next year. It's perfectly fine to set new goals and new challenges. Don't don't think you have to do one thing forever. We kind of touched on this already, but it's important to state again. There is no such thing as bad exercises. Exercise selection will vary for different people at different times with different goals. And please be sure to never, ever forget 
that your health and fitness lifestyle should make you feel great about yourself and it should enhance your life. It should not dominate it or tear you down. So I hope you found some of that information useful. And again, if you go to neashanks.com forward slash start, that's where you can find the tutorials and videos that show you how to perform the barbell deadlift and other deadlift variations, how to squat, how to perform the standing press, how to perform the barbell row, some awesome tutorials that you can use. And of course, plenty, plenty of sample workouts you can even use on your own. So thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day.